You're listening to The Tech Box. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of The Tech Box. I am joined by the rather marvellous James Honeyball and the even marveluser David Rich. Hi guys. Hello there. Hello. How are we doing? Not, not so bad, James. How are you? Pretty good, yeah. Andy, you good? Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited because tomorrow we are uh, flying down to North Carolina. We have a long weekend here. It's President's Day weekend. So uh, we have a couple of days off, Monday and Tuesday. And uh, we're, we're going on a big adventure. And I'll be putting my LG V30 through its paces. So you've got, good, you've, cool. you've got Donald Trump to thank for that, haven't you, Andy? President's Day? Yeah, President's Day. Uh, I think it's um, a birthday celebration for presidents of old. But um, oh, yeah, right. at the end of the day, it still means that you can go into Best Buy and get, you know, $100 off a uh, laptop or whatever, because there's big sales on at the moment, which is always good. And I'm actually looking at uh, the T-Mobile website, um, because they're doing kind of a crazy President's Day deal, where if you buy an LG V30... You get another one for free. So that's pretty bonkers. So I'm going to have to look into that. Those deals, I, we hear about those deals in the UK and they do sound a bit bonkers. What goes on there? Do they have to be attached to two brand new contracts, in which case well, it's no real benefit? I would say yes, except T-Mobile are really like the out, the outsider of the group when it comes to the general behavior of these networks and 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 what they what they tend to do is they they will look at AT&T or Verizon and say oh they're doing like a, a deal where you buy one and you get another one free but it's it's tied in with loads of hurdles and you know you're tied in for the next 10 years or whatever but T-Mobile kind of say well you know if you buy one legit then we'll just give you another one and it's like no strings attached. And I don't know whether that is the case. So I do have to look into it. It's probably not the best to be talking about this on a podcast because everyone's going to be screaming at me saying I'm completely wrong. But usually they are the ones that say we're going to do it differently. And, and it usually is a kind of a crazy deal. You do have to fork out close to $900 for a phone, which I don't think they're, they're expecting a lot of people to do. And maybe the second phone, you know, maybe it has to have a new line or something. But I mean, it's still... The buy one, get one free offer is still what's in the windows. So I'm really going to have to look into that. Yeah, there's only one way to find out, and that's to actually buy one and see whether you get one free. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would think that you, if you're paying full price for one, they're probably going to waive the cost, but you'll have to attach it to a line. So your handset will be free. A bit like O2. Can you imagine if O2 did something similar where you'd you'd pay your plan and then you'd pay your device plan as well, but there'd only be one device plan, if that makes sense. Yeah, that could work, couldn't it? I think that's how they made their money. It's got to be. They can't be free. Yeah. So, Andy, do you want to tell us about your V30? Because we heard on the last episode how much you're in love with it. Yes. And it's so funny how things can change, how quickly they can change. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's been listening to, to me go on and on and on, to, I'm blue in the face about how amazing the V30 is. And then... Um, you know, if I was going to start talking about it again, people would probably fast forward past this because they've already heard me talk about it. But things have changed a little bit and I don't know what what's happened. I still absolutely love the V30 and it's going to be my phone for 2018. I know that. Except that recently I was, you know, looking at the phone screen late at night. I was actually in the living room and I turned all the lights off and I was about to head to bed and I was just making sure the door was locked and things like that. And while I was doing that, 
as any good tech geek was doing. I was checking Twitter at the same time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I use I use Fenix too, and I use it with the dark theme. And I just opened it up and I noticed I had like a tweet at the top. And underneath that, it was a blank screen, but it was very dark gray, as in the theme of, of Fenix. And I noticed on the on the left-hand side, a sort of a bright stripe down the edge and along the bottom another bright stripe and then all this kind of weird like almost like scarring on the screen it was almost you know when you've got really greasy fingers and you use your phone screen and you look at it and it's kind of it just has that weird mottled look and i thought oh no you're kidding me and of course then i started my my uh surgeon's inspection Inspection. and i just realized that maybe the screen was great two weeks ago but now it's just not great at all and i i want to i want to change it out i don't want to get rid of the v30 I, I really love it but i've got to get i've got to get rid of this phone and, and try and get get one that doesn't have that problem this is this i i maintain that this is the achilles heel of basically all of these devices now getting a perfect screen is near impossible right i i disagree i disagree i'd say this is the achilles heel of being a tech enthusiast I think true. Uh, I, th- yeah, I think true. A, a normal user would just use it. It's yeah. a phone, but we we covet this technology and we really like it, and therefore we know, whether, rightly or wrongly, whether we're trying to convince ourselves or not that it shouldn't be like that, and therefore we want it to be how we, it should be. Yeah. Um, so we go this on is, the quests. I call them. This is one of the reasons where why I was slightly reticent in selling the Seven Plus because the screen was completely perfect. Right. And there's very few devices that I've had where the screen is completely perfect. For instance, I've got an iPad Pro, which I think I mentioned a few episodes ago. And it took, this is the third iPad Pro that I've had to try and get the best screen I could. And this screen is very good, but it's not perfect. It is slightly dimmer down one edge. And I think that that is a weakness of uh, Apple's current uh, iPad Pro screen technology. Um, some of their screens are a little bit more consistent than others, I find. For instance, um, some devices you very rarely see a bad screen on. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of one, maybe the, uh, just everyone I'm thinking of now, actually, I've, I've uh, got a memory of a screen defect. But certainly that 7 Plus I had, we had, we had a perfect screen. See, see I, I, don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't know whether I'm just not looking or um, it's... I do change devices, but I don't. I don't look at a screen like that. I don't. I don't know if 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 someone like Kev Wright says, "Oh, put this blank wallpaper up and have a look and see if you know, see if you can see the light bleeding through the edge." I just won't do it because I know that if I did, um, yeah. I might see something I don't like. So I just I just don't bother looking. Um, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't usually see. I'm, they probably are there. Um, I don't know. I, I'm scared of looking, so to speak. I used yeah. to be really obsessive, and I've tried with the whole screen protectorless stuff not to be bothered anymore, apart from when someone throws your headphones on your phone at the gym, which is nice for them to do. But so, so it's interesting that even though you can see these a- anormalities, you're confident that you're going to get a new V30 that won't have these anormalities, because I get the impression that that screen is fairly troublesome. I know people say it's it's the same or it's a similar screen to the Pixel 2, but there's been no end of complaints about the quality and the consistency of that screen. So is it worth risking? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? Is it worth waiting for the new V30 that we're going to get at MWC 
where maybe they've tweaked the screen? I mean, these questions have been going around my head <laughs> for the last, you know, <laughs> weeks since I've, uh, I mean, you're right, James. If, if I, you know, if I went into Best Buy or T-Mobile right now and picked up another V30, the absolute first thing I would do is check the screen because like you say, there's been a lot in the, in the tech press about it. And I, 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 you know, I knew about it. Kev Wright told everybody that his, his was, you know, pretty terrible. And I was kind of smug thinking, oh, mine's pretty good. And then mine maybe became terrible or maybe I didn't notice it before. I don't know. So, you know, you're right. Maybe that would be the first thing I checked and maybe it would be a problem again. And, you know, maybe it's a case of just, you know, getting a new one, checking it. And if it's good, okay, fine. And then if it's not, just going straight back there and saying, listen, this screen is just pants. Let's switch it out for another one and just <laughs> just keep doing it until I get a good screen. But, you know, you're right about MWC and perhaps maybe there'll be a tweak to the screen with the new one, or perhaps maybe even there's a tweak to the screen with the V30 Plus. And I know the only difference between that and the V30 is a bigger internal memory, but maybe they, because it's a slightly newer device, maybe they did do something to the, I mean, I don't know, who knows? It's one of those things where you could go in, I could go into an Apple store right now and buy an iPhone 8, take it home and do a Kev right on it and say, yeah, the screen's brighter at the top, this has to go back. I think the V30 is probably one of the worst uh, villains when it comes to this because it seems to be quite apparent you know google it online and you'll see millions of stories about it but i do think that a lot of a lot of phones can have this this defect and then a lot of phones won't so i mean if i gave this phone to my wife the very last thing she's going to be looking for or realizing that is that the screen isn't isn't that great and you know it's such a slight thing that people like her and, and my friends and other members of the family very unless it's like a catastrophic thing you know the screen's dangling out of it or the, the headphone socket's dangling out of it you know normal people aren't going to aren't going to see these these kind of flaws whereas we get one i know james you know you had your iphone x and you were saying that the edge was ever so slightly too sharp or something like that you know yeah, again, yeah. W- would would one of your non-geeky friends notice that possibly not i remember no the, um which wasn't which phone was it? And it had a real. I think it was the G five, and it had a real sharp kind of edge. And Steve yes. Litchfield was yeah. saying, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the manufacturing isn't quite there yet because you know it's almost cutting his fingers when he was using it. And it just makes you wonder, you know, surely they must run like a batch of like a thousand of these things and put them through quality assurance. I mean, you know, when you Google this this screen problem on on the Pixel. Which, or which one is it? The Pixel XL, which the, uh, the, the LG screen, um, and the, the, you know, the V30 and V30 Plus. There are loads of stories about screen issues. It just, you know, and, yeah. and one guy even had a, had a, a reply from LG that said, you know, he complained about his screen and then he posted their reply, which is clearly copy and pasted. But it said, you know, this was a characteristic, a characteristic of, um, a P OLED screen and basically live with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think if you think about the technology involved here, what we're doing is we're taking uh, like a 1080 or um, you know a, a 2K screen, and which pre- up to this point we've had as like 30, 40 inches on the wall. We're shrinking it down to five inches. Yeah. We're expecting it to refresh flawlessly at 60 frames a second. We're expecting it to show a massively deep color depth. And we're expecting com- massively high contrast, complete uniformity, massive. It's just we are 
demanding impossible tolerances on these screens. But the problem is, is once we can see the defects, those defects just don't go away and they just gnaw away at us. But if you just imagine what our demands are at this point with the available technology, it is pretty incredible. Yeah. I, I got locked into vicious cycles with the uh, Galaxy S5s. My, I, I, they must have gone through about four or five of them. The home button wasn't lined up. It sometimes it double clicked when you only meant to press it once because it got stuck. The autofocus in the camera rattled so much. If it was on a desk and you pushed the home button, it would vibrate through the phone. So many different things. I mean, I I was super picking everything up on that. Whereas a normal user, like you said, Andy, wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. And I think. That was my t- turning point. I thought, you know, just just calm down, just calm down with this. Just try and try and live with it. They're never going to be perfect. And I sort of came to that realization, like I said, when I didn't have the screen mm. protectors on. I yeah, s- I thought, you know, I took a screen protector off the phone that was already on, and there was micro scratches on on the actual coating. And I just thought, you know, you're being daft, Dave. These things are yeah. on production lines in China. Yeah, and someone isn't got it isn't on a velvet pad being stroked all the way down. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's being thrown down there. You know, I think we're our yeah. own worst enemies because, you know, we read so many reviews and we watch so many YouTube reviews. You get to the point where you're trained to look for problems. So, like, you know, you might get a phone and some review will say the buttons are a bit mushy. So as soon as you get a new phone, you know, you're testing the buttons out to see what level yep. of mushiness they are. Yeah. Who really yeah. cares? Yeah. I mean, end of the day, <laughs> you know, if the volume button goes in and it, it turns the volume up, you shouldn't be even think, but we but we do though, and I think anyone the iPhone that's, 5's rattly uh, yeah. standby button. Do you remember that one? Well, I do remember um, the, the 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 one of the Lumias. I think it was the the nine thirty. You know, the the volume you could really shake them around. They were so loose. But um, but I'll turn I'll turn that around to you, Andy, and say, imagine how much nicer the N nine would have felt if it had really solid metal buttons that weren't a bit plasticky and rattly. You're right, but you know I hate to say this, James, because I do agree with you now. But at the time, I was completely fine with them until someone had said yeah, online, it's, true. "It's a shame these are pl- plastic, silvery buttons are a bit loose and rattly." And then I thought, "Hey, you're right; they are a bit loose and plasticky <laughs> and a bit yeah. cheap looking." I would have been perfectly fine before I heard that. You know? and, and then you started measuring how rattly and cheap looking yours were, and exactly. were they the same as every other rattly exactly, and cheap ones yeah. out there? Yeah, what kind of level yeah. of rattliness do you have? I'm on a four. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe so if you're, I change so it, I'll get a two. Yeah. So you're keeping the V30. Yes. Oh, well, so you're, you're staying with the V30, but you're going to change it up, see if you get a better one with a better screen. Yeah. And I'm um, also, also going to go for st- one. You're still on uh, Team V30. Yeah, I'm so definitely, I'm a big, big, big fan of the, B- of the V30. And um, I don't know, it's it's... I'm trying to, apart from the obvious flaw, you know, with the screen. So I feel like <clears throat> I'm just joining in with everyone else on that one. That you know, that the 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 music coming out of that of that um, audio DAC is just fantastic. And I don't have mm. any idea what I'm talking about when it comes to audio. But all I can tell you is that after listening to the same songs on on different phones for years and years and years and years and years, and then listening to them on this phone, whether it's through wired headphones which aren't you know top notch or anything or even bluetooth headphones that the quality is just to me phenomenal i don't want to listen to music on any other phone now 
Yeah, that's one of the big reasons why I'm really leading towards a V30. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, I've had to pare down my uh, tech collection recently and I've sold a lot of stuff. Your wheelbarrow of tech. So I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to just go out and just buy another £500 worth of tech that kind of wipes out all that money that I've generated from selling my old stuff. But I have kind of got it in my head that at some point this year, I will try out either the V30 as is, the the current V30 Plus or the new V30 that gets released at MWC, or another LG model that releases that's similar, because I am compelled by the USPs that LG are putting in their phones at the moment. It looks really good. So, Andy, you're 100% uh, V30. Uh, Dave, I guess you're 100% uh, iPhone X still? No, so uh, I, I've, m- I've made a change. I am uh, now an iPhone 8 owner. Yes, I'm just looking yes, for a sound those. effect of someone dropping a tray of glasses or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a lot of thought going into this. Uh, I've been mulling it over for the last... Maybe probably about a month chatting with Rich, trying to see if he wanted an iPhone ten. Um, you know, trying to lure him back. And um I got offered a, a good deal that I thought, you know what, I can't really turn this down. But so, so you're gonna say you've gone from a ten to an eight, it's a lesser phone. And I would agree in terms of screen resolution. The only thing that bothers me about it is the screen. And I've sort of concluded that I'm gonna get a new one in September anyway, so it, it doesn't really matter. Um a big thing about it was it was a lot of money. It was £1,200, well, £1,150 worth of phone. And it's an expensive slab to be carrying around. And I don't use the phone a lot. I don't use it for work or anything like that. It sort of sits in my car for eight hours a day. And to have £1,150 tied up, it's uh, a lot of money. And just here's a, here's a really good example. So my home insurance cover covers my phone for damage. Uh, for six hundred pounds, um, but that so it, I was. I, Ie, that's the top payout. Is that's it? that's the capped top, at six hundred. Is it for for, for phones? It's six hundred pounds. For other stuff, it's higher. But just for phones, so my considerations were: I, if you look at a repair cost on a screen on the iPhone ten, yeah, it's two hundred eighty six pound forty four out of warranty cost. Okay, that's that's not so bad. That's perfectly fine. Contrast that to an iPhone eight. And that's 156. But this is really what, which what got me and got me thinking. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money in a phone. Um, and it's that back glass. That back glass on that on the 10 is 556 pounds to replace out of warranty. On an iPhone 8, it's 356. So those iPhone 8 figures are a bit more coverable, I think, without having to make a claim on the insurance, especially £150 for a screen. And I just I just thought, what are you doing? You've got this large amount of money wrapped up in a phone that you don't really use a great deal. I mean, I'm, I'm not a heavy user, not as, certainly not as heavy as I used to be. Um, and the iPhone 8, yeah, it's got a smaller screen, but I can live with that. It's just making me... Um, use other devices i listened to did everyone listen to psc at the weekend did they just gone uh yeah, yeah i did i think so so the guest on there so it sort of struck me he he said um steve was steve he, what he said was steve is trying to find one device that does it all whereas he was trying to find different devices to do different things and i thought to myself i thought that is a perfect point why are we trying to find one device to do it all when why don't we, you know, a jack of all trades is not a master of none. If I want a large screen, let's get out the laptop or an iPad. Yeah. If I want a phone, let's get out the phone. And I just thought, 
you know what, yeah, probably, let's, you know, an iPhone 8 is a pretty decent phone at the end of the day. That I can agree with, but the iPhone 8 is not exactly massively cheaper than the X, is it? It's £699. So, mm, I suppose it is. So it's, what, £550 on a 256, which I wasn't using a 256, you know. Uh, so you've dropped down to a 32 as well, have you? 64. 64, okay. Which I've, I've used 30 gig of 64, and that's, that's it. It's, well, I, I thought to myself, what am I using my phone for? I use it for a bit of Twitter, which isn't a great deal. I use it to talk to you guys on uh, Telegram, which is equally as good on an iPhone 8. I watch maybe 15 minutes of YouTube a day during the week. If I'm at home on the weekend, I'll watch it on the big, big TV with the Apple TV. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's, I, I don't, I just don't, I just don't use 256 gig neither. I just, I don't know. I've not suffered. I've not suffered a lot. Like I said, it's noticeably quite the quality of screen isn't isn't with the iPhone 10. It's nowhere near. Um, but that's 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 it for me. That's the only thing. It's smaller. It's nicer to manage. Bear in mind, I had a seven plus before as well, so I've been used to the bigger phones. Um, maybe I'm just trying to justify going down to an eight. But I think pretty much this is me now until September, and I was always going to change in September anyway. So I can I could live with this perfectly well, and I've saved myself a. Fair chunk of cash as well. So, so does it feel so like you, you get bought a, a Ferrari to go down to Sainsbury's? Uh, yeah, yeah. In in a, I, I I had it for bragging rights and bragging rights alone. If you can say that having an iPhone 10 makes you a better person, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't go that far, but um, yeah, that, that was pretty much. It, it was. See, I, I got it because it was the best. And don't get me wrong, it's an amazing phone. It is. It's worth every penny of it. But it's. Uh, like you just said, it's it's a f- getting a Ferrari to do your two hundred mile daily commute. It's it's a bit daft. Um, so now, what were you going to say, James? What colour did you go for of the eight? So, are you ready for this? Gold. See, I love that colour in the iPhone eight. So I'm looking the at sort it. of slightly. It's not. It's kind of off white, isn't it? Yeah, the wife's got an iPhone seven in rose gold. And she swore blind to me it was rose gold until I showed her online that they didn't do rose gold in the iPhone 8. And don't get, and don't get me wrong, I really like the rose gold. It, you know, I, I think that's a really nice colour, but it does look remarkably similar to that, I think. The sides certainly are definitely more rose gold than gold. It's the, sli- it's the slightly coppery colour, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's a change. I've put a red case on it, so it just looks like my old one. Um Yes, it's, it's all right. It's I've I've become, I don't know, not disillusioned with phones of late. I've just, I think I think they're all pretty much a bit, bit of the same. If that makes sense, I know they're all different, and your V thirty is a lot different to an iPhone. But for what I want to use it for, listening to a bit of music down the gym, um, yeah, it had to be an iPhone though, James, because I'm all in on my Apple health. Um, yes, massive. How's that going for you? Yeah. And uh, so I've got the Apple Watch, and that Apple Health is a is a real tie in for me. I, I really do like it. I, yeah. I, um, I'm going to get. I've got the scales. Um, I've got another Nokia Steel Watch on the way. Um, I'm, I'm going to use. I, I do like the health app and the tie in with Strava and things like that. Um, but you say getting the Nokia Watch. Don't you got the Apple Watch? I've, or not? I've got the Apple Watch as well. Yeah, it's just a different use case. That's all. It's only. It's purely for the. Um, I, I don't wear the Apple Watch all the time, and I don't wear it at work, so I'm going to uh, obviously switch switch about a bit. Dave, um, okay. 
if if the if the iPhone X was eight hundred pounds instead of you know eleven say eleven hundred pounds once you added a few little extra bits and bobs in there, would that have probably helped you to keep the X? Is it is it purely like a almost like a you wake up with a guilty feeling that you've spent too much money on a phone when there's other things you could be spending money on and the eight kind of does everything for you but for a lot less money do you think we've kind of crossed over a boundary where other people are having the similar feeling you're having where you're looking at this thing and saying well i'm using it for this that and the other but gee whiz it cost me a lot of money yeah i mean let's contrast that so my washing machine i've spoken on whatever works about this a lot it's you know it's, it's on its way out and by god i will get every last spin out of that thing before it goes but I'll spend £200, £250 on a washing machine because I, I deem that an acceptable amount for a washing machine that's going to break. Yet I've paid £1,200 for a phone. It's, I don't know, it just all seems a bit, it's got a bit daft, I think. I think expensive. It is, it is a little bit daft when you start comparing, comparing. I mean, we're so used to, you know, phones never cost this much for us. This is, this is like a new thing where phones are seven, eight hundred, nine hundred plus. We've just bought, and it's coming next week. Can't wait to get it. Brand new from Apple, uh, 21 inch iMac 4K. And yep. with the taxes and going 4K and upgrading the hard drive to an SSD drive, all in, it came to just, just over $1,600. Now, yep. You know, when you look at what that what that beast is going to be doing for us in terms of you know photo editing and everything else that that thing can do, and then I look at phones, and I'm not picking on the iPhone X because you know you've got the Note 8, which is also close to a grand, and then you start adding in a few things like maybe an expensive SD card or with Apple a Care, and you know you add a few things on, and then that iPhone X can get pretty close to sixteen hundred, and you think, you know. A computer is really powerful and does an amazing job with a beautiful 4K screen. Sixteen hundred is is the price it should be at. You know, I, I sometimes question whether a phone should be that much. So, didn't Close you to. buy a slightly cheaper? Was it Lenovo? Oh yeah, terrible. All in one. <laughs> Worst thing no, I've no, ever bought in no, my life. Y- terrible. No, but let, let, let's let's take that for instance. Okay. You, you you've got an LG V30, and I, I'm not sure the cost on that, but I can so guarantee that costs a lot more than what you spent for the the all-in-one right and then you, you, you know what i mean you deemed it not not worth the money to, yeah. to put just you know you try you thought 1600 pounds is a lot of money I'll, I'll buy this other computer when in fact actually you know you've had to go out and buy it anyway but yeah. you, you're quite happy to spend it on a phone I, I don't know for me it was just a bit a question of priorities all sort of a bit mixed up for me yeah. i mean just to put things into context a little bit obviously the v30 was brand new out of the box um, and the terrible, terrible, terrible Lenovo was an old kind of refurbished, way out of warranty device, which <laughs> just had so many problems with it. So brand new, that thing would have been close to a grand. So yeah, you know, it, you get what you pay for, I guess. It wasn't a very powerful machine, but supposed to tie us, tied us over as it were. But, um, I don't know, you know, even with this buy one, get one free thing that T-Mobile are doing, you're still going to have to fork out over $850 for one of them plus tax. You know, it's another, another sort of 80 quid on top of that. So you're still looking at, you know, close to a grand. And the V30, mm. you know, it's not a popular device over here. I don't see any, any of them out and about. 
but you're getting so much more. I agree with an iMac. Is you know such such a bigger use, such yeah. a bigger use. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be money well spent. I think. Yeah, I don't know. James should probably totally disagree with everything we've just said. No, I think <laughs> there's two aspects there. I think there's two aspects. There's the you get so much more metal, silicon, and glass in an iMac for sixteen hundred quid proportionally than you do in an iPhone X for thousand pound or but do, you, but do you get do you get as much in an iphone 10 versus an iphone 8 i don't think you do well that's that's so one the price arguable case i think you probably i mean i think an iphone 8 is fairly expensively priced yeah. if you think about it there's yeah but it's what we all used to pay wasn't the, it you look at the 10 and that's that's new technology there that's you know cut out oled screens and uh face scanners and things like that yeah. which you look at the iPhone 8, I mean, that the, the tech and innovation involved in that is now knocking on a little bit of, what, four years old. So, so the way I look at the iPhone 8 is I look at it like, you know, like the iPad 3, that the iPad 3 probably shouldn't have been made because, you know, six or seven months later, they came back with the iPhone, iPad 4 with yeah. lightning port and everything. And, and I think yeah. that's the same for the I, I, iPhone 8. I think they would have been quite happy to stop at the 7 Plus and just go straight to the 10 if they thought, you know, the market could sustain that and they wouldn't yeah. lose customers. So in the end, they brought out this iPhone 8, which is some strange hybrid that, you know, I, I don't think we'll see the like of again. Well, until they do this is, the changeover again. I think this is quite interesting in as much as there's rumours this September of a replacement X, a bigger X and a cheaper X, yeah. i.e. three new Xs three new tens shall we say quite what they do with the uh naming scheme on those who knows uh so what are they going to do with the classic form factor now what they could do is just keep the iphone 8 are they going to bring a new buttoned iphone out in september you've got me I, i do like the button going back to that just quickly the button is nice to have back (laughs) <laughs> from the Face ID. Yeah. I never had a th- massive issue with Face ID, but it's nice to have the button. So I think they'll definitely, obviously they're not going to discontinue the 8, it's, but are they going to introduce a 9 you think, that's the same form Do you factor? think it'll be the SE I'm though? not sure they will. Do you think they'll just keep the they'll- SE around for that factor, form uh, factor? Again, with the SE, there's rumours that that's going to get refreshed soon, kind of first half of this year. Do they try and do something interesting with it or are they just going to refresh the camera and the cpu i mean i suppose it's most likely that they'll just refresh the camera and the cpu which then gives another couple of years to this buttoned device being a current device i i don't think they'll want to keep the button around i i i really don't i think they'll want to see the back of it they're going to move the ipad line as well to the whole face id um I don't know. I, I, I do think the new you're always, jet... You're always going to have your fans, though, aren't you? You're always going to have fans of And I think the SE would serve the them. Button. I think it would. If they just made the SE a little bit bigger, you'd lose you'd use those fans, but is that... I don't know. I don't know. I am a fan of the gestures. The gesture interface works amazingly well. It really does. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, I think we sort of touched on it previously, but I would love a Mini X in a four-inch form factor. I think that'd be fantastic. Mm. But I think it's going to be very interesting. I think one of the most interesting things is what they're going to do with the naming schemes because they're going to be all over the place. I think this could be the opportunity just to say, we're going to have to drop the numbers and it's just going to have to be go to years. So you have like the iPhone X 2018, the iPhone X Plus 2018, 
and maybe I don't know the iPhone X yeah. E for the uh, for the for the cheap one. The the interesting thing about the cheap one, I'm a, we're kind of tangenting all around here. Um, the interesting thing about the cheap one is the rumours that that won't have Touch ID, uh, not Touch ID, it won't have Force Touch on the screen. Yeah, uh, it, I don't know what would be the reasoning for that. Surely now it's, it's just cost. I think, but does it cost that much to put it in? It should be like sort of staple at this point. Surely, I guess there, there might be a technical reason. Um, maybe with the making the LCD screen, which they're rumouring to put into this uh, economy one, they're going. Maybe there's some problems with the cutout and the curved edges plus the touch uh, sensitivity. Maybe that's it. Mm. But I think it's interesting that they're taking it out. Having said that, I was uh, in the pub the other day and there was uh, three iPhone users sitting around the table and none of them, they all had uh, sevens and none of them knew about uh, Force Touch. And when I showed them, they're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So the discoverability of Force Touch, I think, is very low. Yeah. And why not take it out if if it does save you a tiny bit of money? So I've been messing around resetting this up um, quite a lot over the last couple of days because I lost all my health data, uh, which is daft the way that they implement it is is ridiculous it's not it's not stored tell us about this because i I just take for granted now because health is an option in the icloud settings yeah i just assume that that means i don't have to worry about it so I, i i made a tragic mistake i went into the health app and under sources it's um i set this eight up as a new device so it also set my watch up as well as a new watch. So if I went under data sources in health, which is what feeds health, it had my old iPhone and my old watch. So I had two of everything. And I went into these and I thought, you know what? If I delete these, it's going to leave the data in health and just remove it as a device uh, that, that was feeding it. And I was wrong. That sounds that sounds like a safe assumption, I have to say. Yeah, well, it, it didn't. It removed the data that, that it had been generated. So effectively, if you never... If you set up a new phone every time, you will have that device added to your health, if that makes sense. Um, so does that mean that in a couple of years' time, we're all going to have 10, 15 devices listed in this uh, menu? Pretty much, yeah. And uh, there is a way of doing it. I read afterwards that you can export the health data, and there's a few apps in the App Store that allow you to import that back in. Uh, so effectively, you could delete all your devices and just import that saved file in. Um the, what I learned, though, I did this in 2015 with the original Apple Watch, and back then I it didn't sync your health data to i to iCloud. It just saved it as a backup. So I thought if I restore from a backup, then I'll get my health data back. But that's not the case. It doesn't back your health data up because it's backing it up separately. So even because if because you've clicked that you want it to book it back up to the cloud it doesn't bother backing it up locally well it, there's no option to back it up locally now because it just syncs it to the cloud yeah just right so there was no health data from a backup to get back um so as soon as i deleted it from the phone it synced the deleting to the cloud and that effectively it was gone i wonder if it's worth sending in a support ticket for that i, I spoke to them and they told me that's the way it is that's terrible uh, yeah so i i've effectively lost all my uh all my health data. Um, for, for, for how long, Jay, Dave? Like, what kind of period of time? Back to 2015. Yeah, all the different watches and oh, uh, iPhone 7 Plus and all that data that fed it. That's just all gone. Um, so I'm starting scratch, effectively. I noted, though, it still keeps all my Apple. If you go into the Activity app, it still keeps your sort of rings. 
that you, that you collected and your achievements. But okay. in the actual health app itself, that uh, actually no. Sorry, I've just gone into the activity app and it's all gone. <laughs> oh my, so it removes oh no. it. It removes it from everywhere. Yeah. Which is so you're uh, fat again daft. now. Say again. So you're fat again now. I am, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all that exercise is gone, and now you're, you're massive. All my achievements have gone as well. So That's terrible. All that time and effort gone. So just before um, you relive all of your uh, sad, depressing news, and you become really morose, can I just can I just ask you about the the Nokia watch that you have, and how that kind of fits in with your health uh, kind of system with the with the iPhone and the and the Apple Watch as well. Yeah, so that's on its way. That's coming from our good friend Rich Fletcher. And uh, I just thought, you know, I've got the Apple Watch feeding the data into health and into workout. Um, let's try another watch as well. And the Nokia watch feeds health as well. Right. So um, it should be seamless. I should be able to wear one or the other and health should collect all those metrics, which is which is the idea behind it, to be, uh, to be fair. I, I downloaded a really good program as well called Run Gap, just in case anyone... I want to know if if you do a workout with Strava, it feeds Apple Health, but it doesn't field field the workout apps. And likewise, if you use an Apple Workout app on the phone, uh, sorry, on the watch, it doesn't feed Strava. But I've I've downloaded sort of like an intermediate uh, app that so once you do a workout, it will take the workout from the health app and uh, upload it to Strava. So I get credit everywhere now. So that's a sort of nice little tip there for everyone. Run Gap, it's called. It's a good app. How often do you go back to your data and look at it? Because I'm someone who is happy that I'm generating this data, but I have I don't think I've ever gone back and checked it. I think I've become a bit obsessed with it of late, to be perfectly fair. I like the fact it's collecting it and I'm I'm trying to trying to live a bit healthier and do uh, and do a bit more so i i have been i mean I do, I do i do like the thought of it being collected and as far as i'm aware it is being collected uh, but you know if you got if you're uploading all your photos occasionally you'll go back and look at your old photos and you'll reminisce over memories and all the rest of it but with the health data are you sort of uh tracking it graphing it seeing improvements and slips and things like that um yeah yeah it it, uh, it goes it sort of graphs it for you I, I like to see the distance that i've done over the course of a week i like to see um weight and all that sort of good stuff i i, I don't know I, I generally just find metrics interesting um i don't know why maybe i'm an odd bod <laughs> I do the one that the, i did the fitbit app you know i used the, i've been using a fitbit for years now just a little just a little clip on one that goes on my um like belt and um you know, for years I've I've been interested going you know onto the either onto the website, for the, you know for Fitbit your own your own little page for what you've been up to, and or the app on the phone. Even good old Windows Phone had it, and it was pretty good. And the nice thing about that is you can see almost you know on a yearly basis how how things are going. And you, the trouble is with the with the Fitbit app, you do have to kind of input a lot of that stuff yourself. Um, you have to tell yeah. it like how much you weigh now and what you've been eating, things like that, which I have to admit, I don't really do that much of, but as far as the steps go and runs and, uh, you know, just general kind of activity, yeah, sleep as well, I suppose, you know, it's interesting to kind of see that. And I guess, you know, when we, um, I can't remember what, what we were doing, but we both lost our Fitbits. We both have the same like clip on one. We both lost them and we both got new ones. And I thought this is where 
it's going to set up as a new device and everything that we've been doing has, has gone. But because it's just linked to an account and you just, you can tell the account, no, I've got a new device. I'm just renewing it, blah, blah, blah. It keeps everything. So, you know, you can, obviously this is not the same as Apple health, which is much more advanced, but this is just kind of a, a way to keep track of steps over a long period of time. Yeah. And, and imagine, yeah. imagine if, what I like about health is it takes inputs from all of them. So if I had a Fitbit, it would take that. If I stood right, on yeah. smart scales, it would automatically take that weight. It sort of ingests everything and, and I've lost all that. So, uh, yeah. Sad day. That's a real shame. Sad day. I, I, there was one metric that I did check. Uh, when I turned on the bedtime feature of the iPhone, which uh is naff measures your <laughs> sleep you don't like it it doesn't really work for me i've downloaded another app called um sleep and that's uses the microphone to monitor you uh i, I kind of assumed well i had no idea what the iphone used but the data seemed to be that uh, seemed to it looked roughly accurate to me um and that was it always interesting to look back over the week to see what the sleep yeah. pattern was like I, I think it's because i get go to bed and get up at different times every single day it, it doesn't sort of record me going to bed if that makes sense if i start right. this sleep app when i go to bed it uses the microphones to monitor my, monitor my breathing or whatever but it, it knows when i wake and sleep and it creates a nice yeah little, and after five days it'll ingest that data into health as well so you can start to build that up that's cool i used to have the jawbone up three don't know if you've ever used one of those Um, Uh, i've heard of that i haven't used it that had fantastic sleep tracking Uh, i think maybe it was um taking a few liberties with the uh, judgments that it was making about your sleep but it basically said when you were in light sleep medium sleep and sort of deep sleep and REM sleep and you could see all the sort of cycles that you went through it was really fascinating and I uh, I have to say that I did uh, look back at that data a lot and I would still be wearing an up three and I probably wouldn't have this Apple watch that I've got on at the moment if it they didn't fail that I think uh, they each lasted about uh, four or five months and then they just wouldn't charge anymore uh, and uh, admittedly, I only bought it once and I got a replacement the second time. And it was less than probably less than a year when the second one died. I probably could have sent off for another one. But I just kind of gave up with it and thought, OK, you, this doesn't actually last longer than sort of four or five months. But it was a fantastic device when it worked. And the, the sleep results were really interesting. I didn't really worry too much about my ongoing heart rate and my ongoing step count. It was I was always most interested around the sleep. But then I think I've got a little bit of an obsession about that because I always feel that I'm not getting enough sleep and I always feel that uh, that could be improved. So I quite like looking and seeing, OK, that night, I, you know, I felt a bit rough that day. Oh, look, I only had four hours sleep on during the night before. So that i thought was interesting yeah i think i'm averaging six which isn't good (laughs) um it's enough to not go mad though isn't it six yeah it's better than for five i suppose so um next month is march which you know means i'm going to be on school holidays which you know means i'm going to be in stoke and church at some point Uh, ah yes um, fantastic so we'll get to meet up yeah it's been you know it's been a, a long time since we've actually managed to get a few people together and i know that um our, our good, our good friend Father Yates is uh, very keen to meet up with <laughs> us in Stoken Church, and um, apparently, you know, he he actually promised me. He said, if if you and James can make it, 
to the King's Hotel in Stoke and Church. He will buy us dinner and all the drinks that night. So I, I think that's really that generous really of him. That is really kind of him. You know... That is very nice. You know, not only is he is he a nice guy, he's very generous. And I, I think that's really nice but of him. I'm really going to look forward to that because I'm probably going to have a bit of an appetite by that point. Yeah, I, mean, so I, I, to, you know, uh, I, I said to him... Really tuck into a tasty meal. Yeah, exactly. You know, I said, well, you know, that's very nice of you, Richard, but I'll just, you know, I'll just keep it, keep it small, cheese sandwich. He said, no, 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 no. Go three courses, do what you like, bottle of champagne. So, I, you know, thanks, Richard. We're, we're, James and I are actually really looking forward to that. It's really, really kind of you. Let's pre-order this. Let's pre-order some of that yeah, as well. Yeah, I already did that. Speak, <laughs> speaking of travel, yes. um, I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks oh, exciting. to Cuba, uh-huh. which is rather exciting. Um, there's a couple of uh, considerations here. One is uh, getting a visa, travel tourist visa for uh, Cuba it is annoying because they don't have an online option natively and you have to go to a third party if you want to do it uh, online. Um, But I've done that anyway, so we'll see how that works. Uh, But it's interesting throwing myself into a country that has very uh, sketchy data available. So normally when I go on holiday, I tend to get a local SIM and tear through it fairly uh, sort of uh, rabidly. Um, so this is interesting in terms of considerations for the devices that I'm going to take out there in terms of they're going to have to have SD cards with loads of data on because sure. you're just not going to have the option of uh, taking Spotify or, I mean, I would never watch Netflix or something on a holiday, but right. uh, that's certainly not going to be uh, in the question. So that's quite it's quite an interesting, it's going to be very interesting going somewhere which doesn't have uh, an abundance of data. And I think I checked my roaming deal, and apparently EE has got a pretty good roaming deal for Cuba, but it's still one pound per megabyte. Wow! Which, when you start to use, you know, modern apps and services, that's going to rack up pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, what I would say, James, is um, I'm quite excited for you because um, when we went to Dominican Republic a couple of years ago. Um, I was in a similar similar situation where I thought I just assumed that being so close to to America that the the Dominican Republic was going to work with US networks and apparently it does some of the time with some of the networks but it didn't when we were there and we're both on T-Mobile we had absolutely nothing and we had Wi-Fi in the hotel and um which is you know fine for uploading a few pictures to Facebook and Instagram and stuff but I have to say looking back at that trip it was so enjoyable not being able to check Twitter, Facebook, mm. Instagram, or upload stuff on the go. You know, we actually went, yeah. we went old school and we actually looked at the sites and enjoyed each other's company <laughs> a lot more and spoke to a few locals and other travelers that we met along the way. And because we, we knew we couldn't check our phones, it just made everything a little bit more. I don't want to say enjoyable because obviously, you know, it would have been yeah. great to been uploading photos on the go or whatever, but you know, just being able to, to use the term disconnect in, in a little bit and then just go nuts when we got back to the hotel and uploaded loads of stuff and emailed and texted and all yeah. the, the, the rest of it. It's quite nice to just walk around knowing that, you know, there's no point getting your phone out. You can't do anything with it except take some pictures, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. the point of going on holiday, really, to take some good pictures and enjoy yeah. enjoy the views. This is great. So rather than just, you know, being on Twitter and Facebook, but in a sunny location... 
I'm actually going to be forced to have a holiday. You're actually going to be forced to enjoy yourself, James, for the first time in a long time. <laughs> this is this is going to be a very odd experience. Yeah, it's going to be like 1985, but, you know, in, in 2018. Throw myself into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can look at, you can actually read a menu without uh, having to check all the ingredients on Google. You're gonna well, this is, that's going to be a challenge. You're going to have to take a risk. Because, uh, well, actually, I presume it's going to be in English. Well, yeah, I'm going to be in a resort most of the time, yeah. I guess. So, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, the one thing that I was also thinking is, uh, normally I would want to take a phone with a really good camera. Yeah. But then I was thinking, I'm not, so the, I, my mind instantly goes to the Pixel 2. But then I'm thinking, is the Pixel 2 really a holiday device? It's got such a lot of anti-holiday features. Fixed battery that isn't particularly yeah. huge. It says um, that on the box, doesn't it? Know. When you take look at the box of the Pixel, it does actually say in bold letters, this is an anti-holiday phone. It is a bit of an anti-holiday phone. There's no separate um, headphone jack. SD or, card. Which means you have to pack an additional dongle and deal with that uh, around uh, I mean, that's an extra the pool suitcase and right the there. beach and everything. Exactly. And... Um, yeah, so I'm just thinking, and obviously it's not upgradable with an SD card, so I've only got the 64 right. gig uh, Pixel, so if I wanted to load it up with lots of music, it's not going to be able to fit on. So I'm just wondering right. whether or not to bring it. What do you think? Well, I would I would be a little bit worried about that, only because, you know, when we go away, we do like to chuck a load. I mean, I know you, you say you don't like to do it, and we don't either really, but it's kind of nice to have it there just in case we do chuck a load of Netflix stuff on, onto an SD card um, music as well, because you never know. I mean, I've got it all downloaded anyway, but you never know when you're not going to be able to stream anything. Um, and, you know, you might be on a plane or a bus or whatever. It's nice to just listen to uh, music or even a podcast. And you don't want to I, put it this way. I don't want to be on holiday thinking to myself, should I take this video clip? Am I going to have enough memory for it? I want to be able to just do it. Um, so that's yeah. why it's nice to have, you know, your phone with a, with a 128 gig card in it, or you've already got that memory. You know, you went, you went for the iPhone X with a 256 gig memory. You wouldn't even think about it. You just go to town. But when you're yeah. a little bit, a little tiny bit restricted, and again, you and I, we're, you know, we're geeks. So we kind of are very aware of how much memory we have left in our phones and things like that. My wife has a LG G5 and she absolutely loves it because of the interchangeable battery. And I had a sneaky peek at it the yeah. other day. She has 900 megabytes left in the internal drive and the SD card is almost full as well. And, you know, we're about to go on, on holiday again. Please tell me there's a good backup scheme in place there <laughs> and that's not going to get lost like Dave's health data. Yeah, the uh, well, everything everything does go to Google Photos. But she just keeps everything on the phone as well, you know, just like your grandmother would. So, uh, you know, we have to kind of fiddle around with that a little bit. But that would have been a bit of a disaster. Suddenly she, you know, we're on holiday, no date, no data connection. And she had to kind of empty the phone out somehow without being able to use the cloud. So, again, she has the solution of an SD card, but she's filled it up as well. So you just have to be a bit more prepared for it. Um, related to holidays and photos a little tiny bit, because I know you have one, and I, I haven't really heard that much about the iPhone X's camera prowess. It surely must have an amazing camera. But, you know, it, even, it even you were saying, good. you know, pixel this, pixel that. But what about, what about the 10? Yeah. 
So I suppose there's a couple of things here. The one, I did a quite, I had a quite an interesting moment at work actually. So I was trying to identify a Raspberry Pi, and I took a picture of the circuit board, and I wanted to get the chip numbers off it. And I did it with my work phone, which is my SE. And I zoomed in on the uh, the chip, and I really couldn't make out the lettering. I oh. did it with the ten, and it was crystal clear. Right. So it just demonstrated me on one small example that the tens camera is. Uh, head and shoulders above the 6S, which I guess makes sense. It's a couple of generations on, but it's a definite improvement. And up until a few weeks ago, my default thought had been, uh, actually a few weeks ago, because it was uh, New Year's that this happened, was that the iPhone 10 camera and the Pixel 2 camera were roughly the same. They had some pros and cons, but they're basically the same. Over New Year's, I went to a lot of uh, parties and I went to uh, met up with a lot of friends and I had the chance to take a lot of photos of people in dingy scenarios with people moving about. It was very testing and you wanted to get the you wanted to get those memories. And I have to say that the Pixel 2 was significantly better than the than the iPhone 10 at getting those shots. Uh, so I now am pretty convinced that as we stand at the moment, the Pixel 2 camera is the best one, really, for those kind of social shots. I think if you're taking photos in, you know, bright light, obviously it matters less. And uh, I still kind of quite like the naturalistic look of the iPhone cameras. Right. So the iPhone 10 is a, gives a lovely naturalistic look. Yeah. But if you're in a pub and you've got some mates and you want to get a good snap of the hijinks or whatever, uh, the Pixel 2 is what is what has delivered up to that, which is kind of why I, wa- I want to take that on holiday as the main camera, main camera phone, I should say. Um, and maybe I'll just have to try and make that work. I'll have to try and preload it, take a battery pack so it tops it up. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like... It's getting a bit annoying then, isn't it? Having to bring lots of ancillary devices to keep it going. My, yeah. What I bought on holiday last time, which worked really well, and I think would work again well uh, on this holiday, is the Lenovo P2. Massive battery. You can never run it down. Headphone jack. Bright screen. Only problem with it is it's got a super dodgy camera right. that really only really works in the brightest of bright lights you could forget about it see um, i think you'd i think you'd be time. disappointed with that i mean it'd be great for you know endurance during the day and things like that you're not really if you get if you're going to be kind of almost in airplane mode during the day i, I wouldn't say that that was a, a consideration i think what for your trip and for anyone else going somewhere where they know that a, a, like a 4g data connection True. is going yeah. to be just... pretty non-existent and they don't want to receive like yeah. phone calls from work and stuff like that then yeah. i would consider yeah. it to be important to have the best camera if you're not going to take yeah. a big big D- dslr camera and go to town with that then i would take a phone even something you know even something like the nokia 808 all right it's ancient but you know every picture you're gonna you, you take is going to be pretty damn good and it takes an sd card and you can switch the batteries yeah. out if you need to i think with the well the other option is go on go on well i was gonna say the other option is the k-zoom so i've got a k-zoom and i've got yeah. three batteries for it and i've got the external charger and that has been a really successful uh, camera phone previously so that could be an option as well it's got a decent um headphone output on it as well so that could be that could be the option. I think you And to be honest, I think you could make the Pixel work though. I yeah. personally would go with the Pixel. I'd probably empty out as much as I, as much of the memory as I could 
and dump it onto my laptop or something before I left. And I think, yeah. you know, your battery is definitely going to be all right during the day if you're mostly on airplane mode anyway. This is true. Yeah, this is true. You know? I could make, yeah, I could, given that I'm not going to be interacting with the internet, maybe just taking a uh, an MP3 player. I've got a SanDisk MP3 player. Maybe right. that is the way to uh, listen to music. And then you're really just using uh, the Pixel as a, a compact camera, really. And yeah. then a bit of um, occasional phone use as and when... Uh, I think the hotel's got lobby Wi-Fi, okay. uh, but it's probably really slow. Yeah, probably. So you'd be able to use the, the Pixel for a little bit of that. So, yeah, okay, maybe you've persuaded me on that. I'll have to see. I can. I think I probably would kick myself by not having the best phone camera on me uh, if the uh, when the opportunities arise. Yeah, because you're probably going to be out and about at night with some nice lighting and things like that, and maybe even like live music and stuff like that. You might want to do a little video clip, and you don't want to be thinking to yourself... I'm going to kick myself because I brought this this capable phone, but I've got this wonderful phone at home that I didn't bring because you don't want to mm. big, big, you know, bring a big heavy camera around with you. And I understand that point. I'm not somebody that would ever kind of rush out to buy a DSLR for a holiday because I don't want to be carrying that bulk around. And I no, like being able to heavy. slip even the 808 or you know, the V30 or, or any kind of phone just slips in the pocket. And you know that if yeah. something happens... Like, you know, you see a scene or, you know, you're watching some you know, band go by or something. You can just, you can whip it out and just, you know, uh, get 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 that down on, on, on the camera. And, you know, it's going to be in, in pretty good shape. And to be honest with you, even when we've gone on holiday to places that we have perfectly good 4G, like this weekend off to Asheville, North Carolina, I wouldn't be surprised if I bumped into you along the way, very unlikely, but if I did you saw my phone and I was already on airplane mode because I actually do like the idea of really conserving my battery during the day when I know I'm going to be taking a lot of pictures and it forces me yeah. to stop or avoid looking at Twitter and, and Instagram. Checking and the like. news. I, you know, I, it's quite, it, you're yeah. going to really enjoy being able to kind of disconnect during the day when you're on holiday. Yeah. I think. I think I need to, now that I know that that is the, the state of affairs over there, yeah. I'm just going to go into it knowing that and it's going to be good. Yeah. I think you're going to, it's going to work out well for you. And I think you're going to probably take some amazing pictures when you're there. Cause it just looks, my yeah. brother was there a few years ago and just, it looks gorgeous. Really, really lovely. Yeah. I can't wait. I think, I think I'm a little bit reticent of taking the, uh, iPhone X on any holiday really. And I didn't take the seven plus on the last couple of holidays. So yeah, I think I'll probably leave the, um, the X here, but you're definitely going to take more than one device. Uh, yeah to be honest I'm probably tempted if I was to take two I'd probably take the P2 and the Pixel 2 right I I mean I, I, I usually take, I usually uh, take a, a second device I don't know really why I never never use it but it's always that that thing in the back of your head well you know if you drop your phone down a drain or if it just breaks or starts going into some really ridiculous behavior and you can't use it you've still got something else but it always Kind of, I'm, I scratch my head a little bit with MWC coming up. There'll be the inundated, it will be inundated with photos of, of tech bloggers about to go on the big MWC trip and they like to lay out yeah. on a table, like everything they're taking. Yes, it, right, I always yeah. think, really? You have four phones, 16 tablets, like a million laptops. Yeah, Are yeah. you, what, how, how? I know you're a busy person, but all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I don't like taking anything 
on holiday or even if I'm going around to see a friend, I don't want to take anything with me that I'm not going to use and, and have to know that I've, you know, trudged it there and trudged it back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would only want to take anything anywhere that I knew I was going to use. That goes for clothes, tech, anything. Right. Which, you know, is sensible. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to mention, because you mentioned um, not dragging around a DSLR, I tend to still drag around a, the smallest compact camera that I can lay my hands on. And at the moment, I've got a nice Canon G9X. Ooh. And I find that uh, fills quite a nice gap of that, uh, having a proper camera, yeah. in inverted commas, proper. proper. You know, the difference, the difference between that and a... Uh, a, P, a Pixel 2 or an iPhone 10 now is kind of vanishingly small, but it's still there. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's small, that is small enough to go in the pocket. Uh, although it's something noticeable and awkward in the pocket rather than a DSLR, which is just a completely different ball game of having to explicitly lug this big thing around yeah. and be thinking about it the whole time. Of course. The thing in the, 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 G9X in the pocket is mm, okay when I sit down or I brush up against a bar or something then I can feel that I've definitely got something in there that isn't just my wallet or you can uh, you could just put it in your bum bag James you know yeah the uh, the bum bag's normally full with um other things like uh, you know those uh headbands with yeah, exactly. springs on with little polystyrene balls and things like that. Yeah. So I don't want to take up too much right. space you know you've got bag. to leave a little bit of room in the bum bag just in case you know you pick up a, a trinket or two you got your bum bag and it's full of you know your, your maps and your and and your trinkets or the the gift shop things. Maybe my head torch. Don't forget your head torch and the shell yeah. with the googly eyes that says Cuba underneath it. You know you need that. Uh, yeah, that's in there. I need that to take back, don't so, I? So you know, as long as there's a little bit of room in there for the camera, then you know you're away. That's true. I could move it into there, couldn't I? Yeah, you could definitely do that. Okay, that's my mission for the holiday. Get a picture. With me proudly brandishing a bum bag. With a shell, with googly eyes that says Cuba. Okay, mission <laughs> accepted. You're going to have a great time. I'm actually jealous. Well, when are you going? Uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll probably uh, text you uh, when I'm uh, off, because then I'll be uh, announcing my radio silence, and then I'll uh, text you back again and flood you with uh, hundreds of pictures. Right. That sounds good, mate. All right, let's wrap it up, and um, I'll speak to you soon, James. James.